Hello! And welcome! My name is Thorn George. My name is Luke Joe. And this is Modular. The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for the 5th edition of Dungeons and Dragons. That's right! These are the pre-written stories made up by the guys who made up Dungeons and Dragons. We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you. And why would we do that, Thorn? Well, Luke, maybe you're a DM who's thinking about running a particular campaign, and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who's already been in this particular campaign, and you want to reminisce on the good days. Maybe you just got evicted from office, and you have nothing better to do with your time. Yeah, evicted from office. But you should be warned. Each of our episodes will take on a part of these pre-written adventures. That means there are major spoilers for the key plot points of each story we are telling you. Oh, there's another warning we should offer them. That's right, Thorn. Modular is not a podcast for children. It contains explicit language as well as adult themes like sex, alcohol, drug use, traffic infractions, and violence. So please be aware of these not-so-kid-friendly themes. So without further ado, welcome to Modular. And our session one of Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. The year is 1490-DR. Only a year ago, Faerun was almost destroyed by the draconic goddess Tiamat. In the past months, people's fear of dragons has grown exponentially. Were it not for brave heroes of the Lord's Alliance, Faerun would have been destroyed by the tyranny of dragons. Now a similar threat puts pressure on a small town in the west of Faerun. But is there a hero there to save it? Nestled in the rocky foothills of the snow-capped Sword Mountains is the mining town of Phandalin, which consists of 40 or 50 simple log buildings. Crumbling stone ruins surround the newer houses and shops, showing how this must have been a much larger town in centuries past. Phandalin's residents are quiet, hard-working folk who came from distant cities to eke out a life amid the harsh wilderness. They are farmers, stonecutters, blacksmiths, traders, prospectors, and children. The town has no walls and no garrison, but most of the adults keep weapons within easy reach in case the need for arms should arise. Visitors are welcome here, particularly if they have coin to spend or news to share. The Stonehill Inn at the center of town offers modest lodging and meals. A couple of doors down from the inn, posted outside the town master's hall, is a job board for adventures. Bradley Copper, you now stand at the edge of Phandalin. Your lungs are filled with fresh countryside air. You sigh a deep sigh of wonder. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. How you feeling, Bradley? I feel good. I think this was the right decision. You look down this miner's trail into the small town of Phandalin, and you see a small silhouette uh, in, the, in the morning sun move towards you uh, pretty easily. You can tell this isn't a child. Uh, it's a halfling man. He approaches you. 
He's got this mess of brown hair, kind of curly. He's got wonderment in his eyes. He kind of smiles past this stubble, um, and he's got these crooked teeth. And he looks up at you and he says, um, Oi, I reckon you're the guy I'm looking for, aren't you? I am not quite certain I know what you're talking about. He says, well, uh, I saw your job posting. You need somebody to help you out on adventures. He says, well, I'm the, f ah, I'm the fella for yes, you. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, what skills do you have that could be useful to me in my travels? This little halfling is, is basically, he's a warrior sidekick. So in, in the module, you'll see there's warriors, experts, and mages. And this guy's basically a nerfed fighter. He holds out a, a gauntleted hand, uh, this big, heavy gauntlet. It looks like he is used to punching shit with. He holds out his hand and says, Quinn Hightopper's the name. Good to meet you, Mr. Copper. Quinn Hightopper, you say? That's it. Well, I, I take him by the hand and I, I firmly grasp it uh, with both hands and I say, It's a pleasure to meet you. However, I've been traveling for quite a many days. I would like to gather some rest and perhaps eat some breakfast before I discuss business with anyone. He says, Of course, yeah, I'll take you right down to the stone hill. The little guy turns. He kind of sizes you up, but obviously not in a threatening way. And you follow this halfling man through the town of Fandolin. There's a large miner's exchange you pass. Um, you see there's this sort of religious shrine uh, you pass in the town square. It looks like a holy woman is even praying at it. And you continue on to the Stone Hill Inn. It's a modest two-story roadhouse. At the, at the sign, you see... The sign is hanging, it's supposed to be hanging by two chains. It's dangling, hanging by one. Uh, your little, oh God, I forgot his name. Quinn. Quinn. Quinn, uh, yeah, he, he he points up at the sign. He says, um, oh, Toblin's been meaning to fix that, but uh, it is a nice place, I tell you. And he opens the door for you. Do you walk in? Yes, I do. I, I take a, take my first step in. Um, and I, I, I gather the scenery about me. It's sure as shit and in. There's no doubt about it. You immediately smell up. One thing you probably aren't really prepared for in the morning, some nice ales uh, hitting your face, but more so you smell sizzling bacon. And as you walk My in... stomach rumbles. Um, there is a... A shorter human man right at the bar. You open the door. He's immediately looking at the door. He's got red hair. He's got these red mutton chops. Kind of looks out to you and says, um, Ah, a traveler. That's a pleasure sight. How are you? Ah, oh, I'm doing well on this lovely morning. Blessed to us by the gods. I have been traveling for many a day. May I have some uh, some food? Uh, some drink? Um, I mean, is it okay if I smoke my pipe in here? Do I need to step outside? Uh, he says, um, this is a countryside, my dear fellow. Uh, we love some good smoke in the, in the rooms. I'm not going to let the government put its, its greedy mitts on my, my air quality. <laughs> he, he even sets a little ashtray for you. Ah, uh, thank you, my good fellow. He, uh, he holds out a hand. Toblin Stonehill's the name. Uh, and yours, sir. Stone, Stonehill, is this your tavern, then? More than a tavern. It's it's my inn. 
Yes, that would make sense why the sign says Stonehill Inn. Yes, outside. yes, yes, yes. Uh, he says, of course, uh, I've, I've got a wide variety of ales, a few meads uh, for your your liking. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, we make the bulk of our money just renting rooms. Do you get a, quite a lot of travelers out in this part of the country? Uh, lots of people passing through. I'm assuming you're doing the same, but... I'm actually uh, hoping to post here for quite a while. His eyes kind of go wide, and he shakes his head, and he says, uh, Well, that makes sense that you're in company with Mr. Hightopple here. Uh, he just checked in last night and said he'd be sticking around for a while, too. Hmm. So I turn to Quinn, and I say, So you're not a, a regular here, then? Uh, a resident, I should say. Quinn says, uh, I like going across the countryside far and wide, looking for adventures. Uh, he kind of does a uh, one-two with his hands, and he kind of smiles at you, and he says, you know, knocking teeth out. Yes, I do find a good brawl to be fun myself. He, he, he looks at you, and he says, well, uh, you still got a bit of nice teeth there. I'm sure, uh, sure you hadn't been in too many brawls. Not as many as I would like, no, but... Such is the life of an adventurer. Never doing as much of anything as you would like. He winds back, swings, and slaps your ass. Uh, and immediately, as soon as that, that glove hits your cheeks, you feel a little sting. And he says, that's what I like to hear. I tell you what, Mr. Copper, you and me, we're going to have a good bit of fun. Uh, we'll find some brawls, I'm sure of it, sir. I'm looking forward to it. Now, if you don't mind, I would like to uh, eat my breakfast. Uh, which I haven't ordered yet. What uh, What is on the menu, my good sir? I turn back to uh, Stonehill. Um, I'm sure you and Stonehill have a riveting conversation about the different items on the menu. Uh, items that maybe podcast listeners don't want to listen to, but it's your usual breakfast, uh, and I'm going to say you get you get a poached egg, some toast, and some bacon. Ah, uh, yes, yes, the old the old copper special. <laughs> as my father would call it, whenever he would have the maids make it for us. Stonehill scratches his head and looks at you and he says, Oh, Sue, so you must be quite the rich fellow then. Well, I grew up in a wealthier household, yes. But I grew tired of the wealthy life. Um, or at least my father's wealthy life. I would like to make wealth of my own. He nods and, and he kind of smiles and says, I completely respect that. That is admirable, admirable, um, and it looks like you're carving your way out here. So, what do you do? Are you a prospector? I am a bard by trade, actually. He his eyes kind of widen. He says, "Well, now, um, Mister Copper, let me just tell you this: um, if you're even a halfway decent bard, I'd love for you to perform here, and in exchange, perhaps you could be." living for a bit cheaper than most. I lean in really qu closely and I say, I'm the best bard there is. He, uh, his eyes go wide and he, he immediately says, could you, could you sing us a song real quick then? Surely. I will show you my work. Um, and I pull out my lyre um, and I start to play a little tune. Time takes me to places I've missed, and places I've kissed and read my name. 
My goodness, Mr. Copper, that was impressive. You have quite a nice voice. Thank you. I do take pride. It wasn't easy. I did go through rigorous training, but here I am. I, I, I completely understand. In fact, your speaking voice and your singing voice sound nothing alike. That is mesmerizing almost. Oh, yes. No, that's, that is something we bards, uh, they, they taught me at the Bards Guild. Uh, you see, when I first joined, I would sing uh, jaunty tune. Um, such as, oh, uh, singing for the royal crown. Um, and they said, it is good, but never to use your own voice. Wow. His eyes kind of twinkle and he says, um, well, um, I mean, if you're just, if you're just here to be a performer, that's, that's absolutely perfect. Um, we could use you. He says, if you need any information on the town, please, um, feel free to ask Elsa when she's by, uh, she's. Uh, kind of a ditzy, Elsa? ditzy little the ice queen. <laughs> uh, he says she's no ice queen. Don't, don't call her names. All right, uh, you, you'll recognize her by her blonde pigtails, and she's a bit ditzy, but she's a good girl, and she keeps her ear low to the ground for me. Um, she's got lots of information about the town. Of course, thank you. Um, and I, I start to dig into my breakfast, take a big old swig of my ale, and I light up my old pipe. Alright, what you smoking there? Uh, tobacco or wacky tobacco? Or a little bit of, a little bit of elder root? Tobacco. Oh, of course. Civilized. Um, you take your time smoking, drinking, eating. Uh, Quinn just kind of is dicking around in the bar. He's, he's like pretending, he's like shadow boxing in, in the corner. Um... What uh? What does Bradley want to accomplish in this day? I I would definitely like to go to the job board first and foremost. All right, perfect. Um, and then we'll see how it goes from there. Okay, awesome. You uh, you finish up your breakfast, um, and as you're finishing, uh, a petite little woman, a human woman, kind of almost skips into the bar, uh, into the first floor of this inn. And you immediately know that this is Elsa. She uh, comes up to you and she says, mm, can, I, can I take your plate, sire? Sure. Why not? Um, she begins to grab things and she says, uh, you're a new face. Um, when you look at her, uh, you realize um, very quickly that she's a little bit tipsy. Just she must drink on the job because uh, you can see it in her I eyes. Little little bloodshot. You can you can uh, smell the, the alcohol coming off of her breath. And she says, um, she says, "You're a new face." Um, uh, 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 well, good to meet you. And she starts to walk off. All right. Um, um, I I push myself off the table. I uh, leave some gold pieces on there for uh, Stonehill, whose first name I've completely forgotten. Toblin. Um. Toblin? Yep. Toblin. Like Toblerone, like but without... Yes, his favorite candy. Toblerone. His favorite candy is actually Toblerone. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I head out the door, um, and I, I, I smell the town, um, and I go to look for the job sign, job board. All right. Uh, Quinn accompanies you. Uh, he says, all right, Mr. Copper, uh, you ready to go look at that job board, are you? Well, well just follow me. And he uh, he starts walking off, and then out of nowhere he just does a cartwheel, and then he keeps walking. 
he's he's very spry and he obviously has a lot of pent up energy. He is he's ready to get to adventuring. Bit of a sprightly fellow he is. You walk up to this large largest building you've seen yet, and it, it very clearly says uh town master's home. There's a, a bell tower in the back. Quinn kind of pokes you and says, um, that really seems like the only bit of reinforcement this entire town has. Uh, just, a, you know, a warning bell. I have noticed there are no walls around this town at all. That's quite odd to me. You see, I come from, well, it doesn't matter, but there were many, many high walls surrounding the city. Um, he says, well, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I think they're all pretty spread thin, you know? I mean, uh, they got no guards neither, but what can you do? I mean, every... No guards in this town? Doesn't seem it, no, sire, but, you know, I'll tell you this much. Everybody I've met here in the past, you know, 12 hours or so, they all seem like they could put up a pretty good fight, but that being said, none of them is trained. Well, that doesn't seem quite right at all. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Um... At the job board, there is a rather large man, portly fellow, um, not not too tall, but um, definitely a little overweight, big belly kind of hanging out, um, a mustache to like end all mustaches, just giant, barely you can see any lip at all, uh, swirled twice, uh, guys balding, um, very fancy fellow, but also older, not great looking, and um, as you approach, you kind of, oh, 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 oh hello, mama. You, you're, a, you're new. You're, you're new to my town. Well, well, welcome to Fandolin. Uh, Bradley Copper, at your service. Uh, I give him a slight bow. I'm assuming he's the town master. He does a wave in the air, a deep bow. Uh, you're impressed uh, by the stature of this man, how deep his bow goes. And he says, Town Master Harbin Wester, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Copper. And and I see you've met Gwen Hyde, another new new uh, patron of our of our hum, humble little hamlet, if you will. Um, um, have you come to look at our job board? Perhaps you're an adventurer. Yes, I am quite uh, the same. And I would like a look at your job board, if you do not mind. As the two of you are having this quick little discussion, um, a cloud just barely begins to, to slide a shadow over Harbin. As soon as that shadow, as soon as the sunlight disappears from his body, he almost jumps and kind of oh, oh, looks up at the sky. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Copper. Uh, of course, yes. Uh, please. Quite jumpy there, aren't you, Master? And jump, jumpy? No, no, not, not at all. Uh, just a bit of a chill in the air. Uh, it's the middle of summer. Um, this... Yes, it is a bit nippy out. Um, he says, uh... I believe I'm going to go head to the job board. Of course, yes, sir. Um, uh, if you complete any job, of course, see me for the reward. Uh, and then he scuttles back into the the house, the town master. On the board, there is but one quest posted. And it reads, The clan of reclusive rock gnomes resides in a small network of caves in the mountains to the southeast. The gnomes of Nomengard are known for their magical inventions, and they might have something 
with which to defeat a great evil. Get whatever you can from them. If you bring back something useful and don't want to keep it to yourselves, Townmaster Harbin Wester will pay you 50 gold for it. 50 gold? Not exactly the riches I was wishing, but a start is a start. Quinn, uh, Quinn kind of squints at you and says, Well, sire, uh, gold is one thing, but powerful artifacts now, that's another. And he just kind of jaunts in place and says, uh, uh, I've always longed for a powerful magic item I could get my hands on. Doesn't that sound fun, Mr. Copper? Yes, it does sound quite fun, but not exactly the riches I was asking for. Maybe we could sell it to someone else for a higher price, eh? He says, well, I mean, if that's your M.O., let's do it. I like it. You're ready to head that way. Perhaps should, we should not buy supplies first. Of course, yes, no, we can... I have been traveling for quite a many days. I would like to restock. Of course. Um, obviously, out of character, how much gold does, does Bradley currently own? Bradley currently has... I'm going to say whatever you got, lose one for the meal you just ate. Okay. Uh, so currently he has 14 gold. All right. Um, Quinn leads you to Barthen's Provisions. Um, this is uh, just the town market, pretty much. I mean, it's not even a market. It's just, you know, one building. Um, but... Um, he leads you there, and there is um, there's an older man in Barthens. He's behind a counter, uh, bald guy, looks to be in about his fifth decade. Um, and um, as you walk in, he just kind of says, mm, "Well, hello, hello. How do you do today? Fine, sir." He says, "Well, I'm I'm." Great, it's it's good to see new faces, uh, new customers, as I like to think. Uh, let's see here. Well, is there anything in particular you're you're looking for, Mister and Mister? Well, I just recently got into town. Uh, if there is, I just need to restock on my provisions, if you don't mind. Um, he says, of course, of course. So, what are you looking to buy? Um, really, I'm looking to buy uh, rations. I'm down a good bit. Um, if he has any potions, that would be cool. Um, he will sell you some rations. Um, cool. Ten, uh, ten rations for one gold. Ten rations for one gold. Yep, Hell that's yeah. that's what thirty meals for one yeah, gold. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I mean we're talking about you know MRE type kind of mush. But it, it'll yeah, keep you fed on the trail. Um, he says, if you're looking for potions, you're, you're going to have to go see a Dabra Gwen on the outskirts of town. Uh, you know, that that midwife there, she she keeps up with the best stuff. I tell you that much. She's quite a magical lady. But um, otherwise, yeah, you, you won't be uh, finding any potions in town. Interesting. How... How... Expensive is she? You would say. Um, he says, "Well, off the top of my head, I know her potions go for fifty gold." Fifty gold. I kind of like 
my eyes widen. I look down at the floor. Quinn, Quinn, you you feel him do the same thing. He says, "Jesus, Mister Copper, I don't I don't think we'll be getting that kind of dough quite yet." Um, I I snap back to and I say, "Well, uh, thank you for your service, sir. I will shall stop by her uh, on my way out of town." Um, he says, "Yes, of um, course." I, uh, I turn. Um, I actually I give him a, a, a second gold piece. As like a, a little tip, he says, "Oh, gods, thank you. Uh, you're a, you're a fine fellow, there, Mister." And he, uh, he Copper, Bradley Copper. Um, he says, "Mister Copper, I'll, I'll keep that in mind, sir. Uh, well, pleasure doing business with you." There, Pleasure's all mine. There's another town. I'm walk out of there. There's another spot in town. You could absolutely head to if you would like. The Lion Shield Coster. Doesn't sell uh, normal adventuring gear, just sells armor and weapons. I definitely, if I can't afford a 50 gold potion, I know for a fact I cannot afford armor and weapons right now. Perfect. Um, I, so I, I think I, you're gonna, right in that assumption. I'm going to look at Quinn. I'm going to say, are you ready for this trek? Ready as I'll ever be, Mr. Copper. I have absolutely... No idea where we're going. I mean, I know the place, but I don't know how to get there. He says, well, don't you worry about that. Um, he reaches deep into the front of his pants um, and pulls out a map and um, kind of unfurls it and says, this is a map of the area, and um, I can lead the way, sir. I have no choice but to trust you. Um, he says, let's forward he says that's what i'd like to hear and uh the two of you head off southeasterly easterly easterly area towards nomengard and uh it takes you quite a bit of time but eventually you do stumble upon an opening uh sort of as the sun is setting um but there is a stream leading down, and off in the distance, you can hear what sounds to be a large waterfall. Um, Quinn looks at you and says, Now, sire, uh, I, I'm almost sure this is, this is the right way, but also, you know, walking at nighttime can be a bit treacherous, but if we follow the stream, I'm pretty sure we're going to find Nomengard. Uh, I, uh, I think I even... Uh, once maybe made love to a gnome from Nomengarda. Can't quite remember her name, but at last she shagged like an animal, I tell you that much. Anyway, um, it's up to you, sire. You want to keep walking at night, or uh, what's what's the move for you? I... I think... I think we're good here. I, I believe we should make camp for the night, if you don't mind. Says, yes, of course, sire. Um, Quinn is a workhorse. He sets up almost all of your camp for you. Um, he works diligently, and by the time the two of you are eating supper by the fire, um, he kind of looks at you and he says, So, Mr. Copper, um, maybe maybe you could tell me a little bit about yourself. I, I've been wondering, uh, I mean, what's a city slicker like you come to, you know, the sticks of Fandolin for? I mean, it's just as I told Mr. Tobin. I grew tired of really living in my father's shadow. Mm. And I haven't had much luck with the ladies. He says, luck with the ladies. I tell you, that can be tough. That can be tough. Um, 
Well, I can I can agree with you on that second part. I mean, you know, little fellows like me, uh, it's tough to you know pull a pull an elven woman or or something. Anything you know taller than four feet really is tough for me. Uh, that that's why me and that gnome got on so well. I tell you that. Um, but as for a, a fodder to you know live in a shadow of, I I never did have one of those. But I mean, that's the way it goes sometimes, isn't it? A shadow. Um. Well, a, a, a father. Oh, see, that makes more sense. He says, uh, even people as short as me got a shadow, I tell you that much. Um, and he just continues on eating. Um, I light my pipe again. And the two of you. So, uh, why don't you tell me about yourself? He says, well, um, I'm a sprightly little fellow, you can tell. Uh, but, you know, fighting really feels like all my life. Um. Now, I remember back when I was a kid, uh, I didn't grow up around too many other half-folk. Um, lots of humans where I grew up, and, you know, it's always easy to pick on a little guy. So, um... Yes, it is quite easy. Uh, he says, uh... But I do feel for you. He says, well, you, I mean, you know, don't take pity on me. I, I, I learned a, a quick move called the, uh, the cock crusher, as I like to call it. Uh, you know, being at my stature, I tell you, punching a man right in his testicles ain't too hard to do. Really, I mean, I got a keen sense for the thing. It's it's my specialty. I have probably, um, you know, busted more nuts than a nutcracker. I tell you that much. I, I'm actually, I am excited to see you use, utilize that in combat. Um, he he kind of knocks these two metal gauntlets together and he says, um, yeah, well, uh, my my pops, he was a uh, he was a boxing man. You you hear me? So you know, uh, even though I never knew him, I I did know that he had a keen right hook, a keen left jab, and well, I guess I took after him in that way. And before I left, you know, left home, uh, my dear old mom, she fastened me these these here gauntlets, and he kind of swipes at the air. My Siri just turned on for some reason. That was odd. They're always listening. Um, off in the distance, you hear, uh, What may I help you with? Um, the two of you... I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. The two of you shoot the shit for a while. Um, and it just kind of... The two of you fall asleep naturally. Both cowboy camping under the stars. Um, you've got these bedrolls, but... No need for a tent. It's it's so um, so nice and warm in the night. Um, when you wake, however, you wake cold, and you find yourself um, with a light, thin layer of snow on both of you. Even though it's the eighth month eighth month of the year, um, you know it's still summer. Um, there's a bit of snow in both of you. Quinn kind of shivers. Oh, jeez. Mr. Copper, uh, I'm, I'm no weatherman, but I tell you, I was not expecting no no snow. Yes, I don't believe I was either. I come from north of here, so I would expect it to be a little bit more milder. No, no. Uh, I wouldn't have expected no snow down here, I tell you that much. I mean... Even where you're from, uh, you know, Neverwinter is called Neverwinter for a reason, right? But we're even further south, and yet, I don't know. That's that's a bit odd, but um, I'm just going to kind of 
shake it off like I do most of my anxieties and we'll keep moving on our way. Yes, perhaps we can ask about it when we get to Nomengard. Uh, yes, of course, sir. You follow a stream uphill to the base of the mountain, where waterfall erosion has carved out a natural concavity. The roaring waterfall creates a cloud of mist as it plunges into a shallow pool of water, within which rise two small islands covered with two-foot-tall red, green, and purple mushrooms. Several cave openings overlook the pool from rocky ledges 20 to 30 feet above. The mountain blocks any sunlight from reaching this place. Looking up at this, this sort of cascading waterfall, Quinn says, um, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be inconsiderate. I'm a, I'm a little fellow too. I, I really thought this place might be a bit smaller than it is. You said you've been here before. No, I said I shagged a woman who's from here. That's not the same thing. I mean, have you met the, the pops of every woman you ever, you know, diddled? No, I can't say I have. Yeah, and I'm sure you're glad for it. A little bit. Um, I find... Uh, never mind. <laughs> well, we can talk about we that too... some other time. <laughs> Are we to climb? Uh, looking around, you see uh, three entrances... Uh, that are at least 20 foot up, uh, that maybe you could climb, uh, but they all look kind of wet, kind of slick, so it could be tough to climb. Further back, um, probably 50 feet off from you, there's a, a, a drawbridge that, not a drawbridge, sorry, just a, um, just a rope bridge that connects one sort of cave platform overlook to another. The drawbridge is about 20 foot in the air, uh, not drawbridge. It's not a drawbridge. It's not a drawbridge. Um, it's uh, about 20 feet in the air. The, the waterfall is directly behind it. Um, so there, in total, are five openings. I think it's time for the first roll of this campaign. Go ahead oh, Go ahead and make me a perception roll. Perception? Wow. I can't believe it. The first roll. Don't fuck up. Only after 30 minutes. Hey, man, you know, we're telling a story. Having a good time. Okay, I have a plus four to my perception, so... Don't fail me, die. Uh, ten. Ten. There are five openings that you see. Um, you could climb for any of them. I mean... Which one's closest? Um, there is one that is only 30 feet off from you. Uh... And it looks to be about 30 foot high. How good are you at climbing? Quinn uh, kind of looks down at his arms. Um, he's, he's got this, you know, just kind of basic leather armor on. And he says, um, yeah, I'm spry enough. I, I think I could, I, I could get up there if you want me to go first. I, I think that's a good, you go ahead first. He says, um, absolutely, Mr. Copper. Let me give it a shot. Now, let's see about this. This is an athletics check for our friend Quinn. And Quinn has plus four to athletics. Um, Quinn begins to try and scale the mountainside, and it's just, it's just n not dramatic. He tries to climb up, and he slowly slides back down. <laughs> All right, Mr. Copper, uh, maybe a boost? Um, if, if you don't mind. 
perhaps I should climb first and send a rope down to you. Oh, that's great, yeah. All right, um, I need you to make me an athletics check. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, I get a good hold with one hand, and I find another hold with the other, and I, I try to climb this thing. And you said athletics? Mm-hmm. I have a plus one to that. Let's see what it is. Oh, gosh. It's a seven. All right, you climb and climb and climb for what feels like 15 minutes. And finally, uh, you know, almost out of breath, you consider letting go, but you're not sure how high up you are. Uh, you're almost shaking. You can't look down. And Quinn says, oh, Mr. Copper, you're about three feet off the ground right now. If you want to just let go, you, you would just <laughs> fall naturally. It wouldn't be a big deal. I let go. I, gods be damned. Why is it so difficult to climb things? Why is there no other easier entrances into the city? Uh, he says, wait. Town. All right, listen, you're, you're, you're a bard, right? Yes. Uh, you know, play me a little ditty. Get me hype. I can do this. Okay. Um, and mechanically... What kind of music do you like? Uh, he says, oh, I love a good bit of fiddle. But... I, I, I do not have a fiddle. He says, all right, well, any sort of... liar. He says, any sort of peaceful, uh, peaceful liar could get me going, I suppose. Uh, mechanically, he's asking you for bardic inspiration. I, I, I figured that's what he was asking. All right, well, I'm just making sure. Um, okay. okay, I pull out my lyre and I... Ding! Ding, 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 And I give him bardic inspiration with that. He says, I love the ding and melody. Ding, ding, ding. And he takes a running start and tries to climb this bad boy. And that is... Um, he, uh, he is bobbing his head. Ding, 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 ding. And he just monkeys his way up this wall, and uh, sure enough, makes it to the top. All right. Throw down some rope. Um, sure thing. He ties a quick knot, throws down the rope, and says, um, the, the view from up here is great, I tell you. I'm 30 feet higher than you, so I can see 30 foot more than you can. I never would have guessed that's how it works, I say to myself. Um, All right, make me your athletics check with, with advantage, please. With advantage? Cool. I still only have a plus one. Um, so let's see. Um, 19. Whoa! Alright, the rope is exactly what you needed. You hustle your way up, and sure enough, you have made it to the top of this wall. As you peer out, the cave uh, entrance across from you had a set of stairs uh, that you did not notice before. Do you think if I jumped off of here, I would die? <laughs> Uh, Quinn looks at you kind of wide-eyed. I don't know why you're asking me that, but I don't, I don't like that question. Please, please back away from the edge now. I'm, I'm fine. Let's, uh, let's find our way into the, into the town. Sure enough, there is, I mean, this is a cave opening. You can walk right in. Oh, okay, then yeah, let's just walk right in. You walk in to what looks like a room about, um, maybe 30 square feet. And there are some gnomes sitting around. Looks like they're eating breakfast. Um, one looks up to you and says, um, "Hey, uh, what are you? What are you doing?" Um, I'm, I'm. Is this your house? 
my, my house. What do you What do you mean? This is no one, and this is our this is our place. You know, this is our this is our abode. It's not my house. It's our house. And there's you. A quick count shows there are eight gnomes in this room. Oh, I apologize. I just expected. I don't know buildings. I guess. Well, what, what do we need to what what? Buildings? What? No, gnomes. We like to live in the earth. Listen, this cave is a building, all right? Uh, earth, earth is the apartment complex that we should all be renting from. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I, I do not get what you're saying. Your words are going into my ear, and I'm comprehending what you're saying. But I, I cannot say with a clear conscience that I share that sentiment. Quinn looks at you and says, "I am right where." You are Mr. Copper. I, I am so fucking lost right now. Okay, listen to me. Listen, yeah, both of you. Knuckleheads. Uh, little halfling men, little half-elf men. Listen, listen, listen. All right? The earth provides everything. Society is a construct, okay? Break uh, break your barriers, all right? Go out into the world and live your life. What are you What are you thinking? What are you doing making buildings? Buildings, I mean, what, what, you're going you're gonna to make toilet paper when there's perfect leaves out there? Okay, it, do, it doesn't make any sense. There was a job posted in Phandalin uh, that said I can get some artifacts here. Do you know where I could find them? <laughs> artifacts. All right, listen. I, I don't. You need to go. You need to go talk to Fibblestep. Okay, just go talk to Fibblestep, and and we'll see you later. And he literally ushers you out of the room and points you in the direction of of where you need to be. You walk around these these caves, um, not too crazy complicated to get around. You walk up sets of stairs, uh, noticing that Quinn is walking fine. You're kind of having to tiptoe these stairs because they're just they're they're not that deep, right? Like they're they're not yeah, like your feet for gnomes. Yeah, your feet are like too long for the steps. You're like almost tiptoeing up these steps. Um, as you near this next room you hear a bit of a, not an argument, a disagreement. Um, one, one person says, uh, uh, a sanity ray. A sanity ray is going to be what's best, okay? I mean, come on, jeez. Uh, and the other one says, uh, no, 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 no. A, a straight, it's, it's, it's going to be called a straight jacket, okay? You, the arms kind of get crossed, and it's, it's going to kind of sit there like that. And then in no time, in no time at all, they will be locked in. They can't move their arms, and then they're not, they're not a harm to to another person. You know what I mean? Uh, no, 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 no. If they're going crazy, they need a sanity ray. It's a ray you zap them right in between the eyes, and boom, they're sane. Um, as you walk in, there's a male and a female gnome sort of uh, going back and forth. Uh, one of them looks up uh, the the man and says, uh, uh, who, who are you? Um... Bradley Copper, I was told to come speak to Th Thistle Twig. What? What was the name, Quinn? Uh, Quinn says. Uh, Quinn says. Uh, Fuckle Buckle. It's Fuckle Buckle, Mister Copper. Um, and and the the gnome kind of interrupts you both. Fibble Stib is my name. Fibble Stib. Fibble Stib. Ah, Fibble Stib. Yes, yes. I was told you had some artifacts. Um. I'm not quite sure what they're for, but um, I know the uh, Meister of Fandolin would be happy to purchase them. Uh, the the woman speaks up. Uh, Dabbledob is my name. Thank you. Um, no, 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 no. We don't have artifacts for anyone, okay? 
what we have, what we have are our inventions. Okay, we have the chief inventors here at Norman God, and our our inventions are, are, are not for sale. Okay, all, all, all of our energy right now, it, 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 it's it's being put into to, 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 to figuring out what's going on with one of our kings. Okay, um, Quinn, you have a king living in this town. This is a this is a kingdom. Quinn says, uh, "Hey, they're they're easily offended. Okay, just it's a kingdom. Shut up." Um, uh, sorry, sorry, boss. Um, he says, "Now listen, they got two kings. All right, don't don't be problematic about that. All right, they're very they're very progressive here. They got two kings. They're married to each other. Listen, uh, uh, why don't I do the talking? I, I'm good with little people." And no, no, no. I I I I can handle this fine. Believe me, I I trained for this. Uh, I'm a good talker. Um. As you say, good talker, Quinn looks to you and says, well, you're a well talker. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Dabbledop looks at you and says, listen, okay, I, I know I'm sure you want to, you want to, you know, get your fancy inventions. Uh, people love us for our inventions. We have a lot of issues going on right now, okay? Um... Well, what can we do to help with them? Well, uh... We're, we're adventurers. I'm certain we could do something. Uh, are you trained in the art of psychotherapy, perhaps? Um... Because what we need is a good psychologist. Like most places in the country, we don't need cops busting in. Okay, we need good psychologists here. We need, we need social workers here. I'm going to... I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say I, I'm actually a professional psychologist. I need um, a deception roll. Deception. I have plus six to deception, Ooh. so I... I feel good about this. Right. Um, God, why do I keep rolling sixes? Twelve. Twelve is not high enough. She she looks at you. No, no, you're you're not a professional psychologist. You're you're a psych student, aren't you? What you think you can come in here and write your little psychology papers about us and get your fancy degree? No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, I'm no certain I know people too. I'm certain I know more than a lot of the people in this town. Why not let me have a crack at it? Okay, psych student. Um, our king, one of our kings, as of late, has been acting very weird. Very weird. Um, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's locked our other king in the bedroom with him. The one king's name is Corbos. Okay, Corbos says that he doesn't trust any of us anymore, which is which is odd because he's a, a very kind, loving king, but he doesn't trust any of us. He won't let us. Anyone see him, uh, won't let anyone see uh, his husband, whose name is Nurkly. Uh, he, he's kept Nurkly pretty much hostage. Now, he's not hurt Nurkly in any way because we can hear Nurkly talking. He keeps, you know, yelling out he's fine, whatever. But Corbos is acting strange. And if you could convince him just to come out of his room, uh, we will give you, uh, I'll say, two inventions, one for each king, if they're both safe at the end of this. I mean, that sounds like a fair deal to me. She says, okay, great. Well, um, I I'll lead the way. Uh, you know, good luck talking to him. And you Thank you. I am very, very gracious, very grateful of your your help. Um, <laughs> uh, Quinn looks at you and says, it's, Mr. Copper, it's, it's not grateful. It's full of great. All right, tell her you're full of great for her, right? I don't. I don't think that's I'm, correct. I'm well at words, okay? I'm well at them. Uh, the two of you walk together uh, with Dabbled Up. Um, in no time, she is rap-tap-tapping on a door. 
and you hear a uh, well, who is it there? Uh, no, 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 one's, no one's coming in here. Okay. Uh, please, please go away now. Please, thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. I am a traveler. I've heard a great many tales of the two kings, Corbos and Nurkli, and I would like to meet them in the flesh. Um, dabbled up kind of waves, and she just leaves you be. Uh, Cor- you hear Corbos through the door say, um, no, 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 abs- absolutely not. I'm not going to have some traveler coming in here, uh, you know, trying to eat me, trying to eat my husband. There's no way. Eat off flesh. Our tasty, know me flesh. Okay. T- Why would we eat your flesh? Oh, I know what you really are. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I- I'm not even going to say what, another word. Wait, what, what am I? I'm a half-elf. Why would I, I? I would never. I barely eat meat as is. Uh, I. Yeah, I bet you half-elf, half-bear-skin rug is what you are. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Do you think I'm a bear? No, 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 that's not what I said. Can bears talk? I. Um, another voice calls Do out. Do bears talk in this part of the country? I, I. Another, another voice calls out and just says, "Um, oh, oh, gosh, he thinks you're a shape changer." He, he, a shape changer. Yeah, he, he's going on and on. Hey, and you hear a little bit of bickering back and forth. No, I'm telling him. I'm telling him. I'm telling this this half elf. All right, all right. He thinks the other day the rug tried to eat him. Okay, that's what he thinks. And and recently, you know, there's only a, there's only you know about a, two dozen gnomes in in Nomengard. Uh He thinks that since those two went missing, uh, you know, Holland Oats. He thinks because Holland Oats went missing that uh, that you know they got eaten by some sort of shape changer. He claims that his bearskin rug tried to eat him. Okay, but now I'm trying to tell him Wait, that's you crazy. Had some gnomes go missing. Uh, Corbos says. Uh, Yes, yes, we did. And and now here's what I need you to understand. Okay, those gnomes went missing because they were eaten. Okay, uh, Hollenotes they were not lovers. Okay, some people have speculated that they were lovers that they ran off together. No, 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 no. I saw and no, I know it's not much. A drop of blood. Okay, I saw a drop of blood on the eastern side of Nomen God, I, in the caverns. And I'm telling you right now, they were eaten. And I know they were eaten because. The other night, Nurkley was out doing kingly business while I was, you know, gallivanting across our room, uh, naked, a little bit drunk, waiting on him to come back and come clap these cheeks, okay? Now, I laid on my bearskin rug, all sexy-like, you know, with my dangly bits dangling about, okay? And okay. sure of fuck enough, that bearskin rug turned its bearskin ugly face towards me and tried to eat me. I'm telling you that right now. Oh my god, Corvos, please stop talking about that. And what have you done with the bearskin rug since? Um, there's a bit of bickering again. Nurkley speaks up and says, uh, okay, now that is the one point I will give to Corvos. Okay, okay, that bearskin rug is now missing. And I don't know what he did with it because it was much larger than him, but it's gone. Um, Quinn kind of looks to you and he just looks like maybe Corbos isn't crazy. Uh, Corbos says, can I do Can I do an insight on Corbos? Absolutely. Through the door, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just his tone of voice. Um, wow. Another six. This is the fourth six I've rolled with this die. Um, it's a, it's an eight. I'm switching a die. You have to another die. Yeah. You need to drop that one in your toilet. Um, you have no idea. You have no idea if Corbos is crazy, like uh, some of his, some of his uh, people say he is, or if he's telling the truth. 
Colbos, did you do anything with the rug? No, no, I didn't do anything with that rug, okay? Here's what happened. The rug trying to attack me, okay? I used my quick wit and my nimbly knees and my nimbly gnomish knees and I... I got out of there. He's turning more and more into Bernie Sanders. Uh, I didn't. I didn't do anything with that rug. Okay. Um, know me, Sanders. Um, and what what happened was the rug tried to eat me. Okay, the bear skin mouth actually opened up. The bear's head opened up. Tried to uh, eat me. I luckily bounced, uh, you know, nimbly away from him under my bed, hid there, and then the bear skin rug slinked out of our room. All right, slink, I tell you, like it had its own brain. Oh, my God, Corbos, that is just too much to believe. So if I could find proof that there either is or isn't a shape changer, would you, would you, would you come out? There's, there's a long pause, and Corbos says, yeah, yeah, I would come out. If you can find it, and if you could kill it, if you can bring me the shape changer's body, then I tell you what, I will come out and I will let all of my people know that I'm not crazy because I'm not, and that Nurkly is fine. I'm only keeping him in here so that make sure that neither of us is eaten. Does that make sense to you? Well, what if Nurkly is the shape changer? He says, well, if Nurkly was the shape changer, I've been in here for two days with this man, all right? Now listen, he likes to eat me, but he doesn't eat me like that. I tell you that much right now, okay? So... If he was the shape changer, I'd have been dead by now. That makes sense. I turn down to, I look down at Quinn and I say, well, it looks like we've got uh, another part of this quest to fulfill. Um, Quinn nods in agreement. He says, uh, absolutely, boss. And now listen, uh, I think if he's, if he's telling the truth, and if this really is a shape changer, it sounds like it could be a mimic. Uh, he says, "A mimic. Have you heard of? Can him? mimics take the shapes of people, mm. or would it? Or would, do we have to just go around and start it's, stabbing? It's going to be inanimate objects for sure. Um, can I? Can I? Can I attack the door? Can I like stab the door with my dagger? Uh, absolutely. You I'm, don't uh, even roll for it. You stick your dagger into the door, and nothing happens." Hey, what are you doing out there? Trying to make sure your door isn't alive. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so what would you like to do? I mean, are, do, are you buying this story? Or are you going to go look for this thing? I mean, it's either that or break down the door and force them out. Yeah. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna go along with it. If it comes fruitless, plan B sounds good to me. Okay, um, perfect. So he said there was blood in Eastern Nomengard, right? Uh, yes, yes. Which, just remembering where you came in, you're in Western Nomengard right now, and you saw that bridge. The bridge likely links the two, um, if that helps okay. you at all. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm, I guess I'll go over there. Um, can, I, can, I, can I stab the bridge? Like, can I stab one of the planks in the bridge to see if that's the mimic? Um, you stab the bridge, nothing happens. Okay, cool. Um, you can't ever be too careful, I, I say to Quinn. As as you walk through um, to get to the bridge, you actually walk through a room 
where there are four, they look like, um, like the ends of like batter beaters, you know, like the, the things you like, like put on the thing and it, I don't know the word. I'm not a cook, like but whisks, whisks. Thank you. They look like whisks. What the fuck is a batter beater? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying, but like a batter beater, that's, that's something from that's Harry Potter, right? A beater. <laughs> Yeah. yeah okay. Weird. That I, I think I just saw a meme about that. That's why I was on the brain. Um, so they look like whisks is the word I was looking for, um, and they they're they're sharp to the touch. But you realize quickly this is a defense system. Uh, there's a switch uh, from the way you came, and if you had turned it on, these four things would have started spinning, and nobody would have been able to get through here. Um, but you walk around them just fine because they're turned off. Um, but you realize these gnomes, they've, they've got a thing or two going for them. Um, so yeah. Maybe these little folk are more crafty than I gave them credit for. Um, Quinn, Quinn nods and he says, little folk are pretty impressive. I tell you that much. Um, what are some of the great inventions of halfling? Uh, well, halflings aren't really inventors. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it was a halfling man who you know, discovered PCP. <laughs> Couldn't even make that joke without laughing. Um, he says, yeah, halflings are really good about drugs, sex, rock and roll, uh, that kind of thing, you know. Um, of course. Of course. There, there's an ancient story of two halflings traveling across the world and saving the day by throwing a piece of jewelry into some magma. But other than that, uh, I can't say we've done much for society other than, you know, the partying aspects. I don't think I've ever heard that ancient uh, legend. Well, it's just a halfling thing, okay? No, you wouldn't get it. Sense. You wouldn't get it. Um, of course. The two of you walk across this bridge, and the bridge holds, mind you, but it dips down. It, you are the heaviest person probably to have ever walked across this bridge. <laughs> the bridge is 20 feet above the water. When you walk, it dips down like 5 feet. You're like 15 feet from the water. Um, and uh, <laughs> Quinn kind of laughs. He says, uh, "Don't don't take that personal, boss. It's it's okay. You know, it happens to all of us." I I I, I think I'm in shape. Uh, you, it's this. It's shoddy gnomish craftsmanship, is what it is. Right, right. Didn't you just uh, talk about them batter beaters being so impressive? All right. Anyway, um, the two of you walk up a narrow set of stairs into another room where there are. What looked to be two gnomish guards holding crossbows. One of them calls out, uh, Who goes there? Bradley Copper, at your service. I'm an adventurer. I have been requested by your kings to check out this place. Mm, mm. What are you checking it out for exactly? Because we know what we're looking for, but if you don't say the right thing, we have, we have reason to shoot you in your fucking face. And the other one well, goes, the king... Yeah, your fucking face. The king said it was a bearskin rug, but we've come to believe it was a mimic. Mm. No good, dirty shape changes, one of them says, and the other one says, Yeah, 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 that's exactly the right answer. Okay, um, well, continue on your way, uh, you know, ho holler if you need any help. Oh, definitely I will. Um, the, the, the higher-pitched one uh, introduces herself as Ula, and the, the lower-pitched one introduces herself as Pog. Ula and Pog. What memorable names. You continue on your I'm way. I'm not going to remember any of these gnomes. I'm going to be honest with you. You what? 
I'm not going to remember a single one of these gnomes other than Corbos and Nurkly, and that's because I, I wrote those down. Uh, that's perfect. That is a-okay. Um, you only have one way to go. Uh, it's it's left down this hallway, but when you get to the end of the hallway, you can go left or you can go right. Um, on the left, Quinn immediately picks it up. He smells it, and he says, "There's that's a wine cellar right there. I, I know my wines, I tell you that. Well... If I were a hungry mimic, which I'm not, but if I were, and I wanted a quick snack, what better place to go than the wine cellar? They're going to be drunk already. They'd be easy prey. Do mimics get drunk? I'm talking about the gnomes would be drunk already. Oh, of course, of course. Yes, yes. That, that's, that's... Context! Context, Quinn! Sorry, sorry. I don't think as well as I talk well. Um, the two of you walk into this rather large... Wine cellar. Um, in here, I've got an exact count for you because I know you're interested. There are there are twelve casks of wine. Um, it there's um, one. There's four on your left, four straight ahead of you, and four on your right, all kind of set on the ground. Um, they've only got these spigots kind of set in them. And make me a uh, make me an investigation check. Investigation. Ooh, I think I'm good with investigation. I get a plus three. Uh, twelve. Looking at the four on your left, under each spigot, there's a little bit of purple. Uh, the purple wine is obviously kind of dripped out just naturally from each of these casks on the left. On the right, they do the same. There's purple. Um, just little puddles of, of wine under each spigot. Straight ahead of you, the four sitting there, there are three that have little puddles of purple wine. And there is one whose spigot is absolutely clean. I uh, nudge Quinn and I point to it and I say, I believe we either have a private reserve or we found our mimic. Quinn kind of squints and says, um, I think you're right, Mr. Copper, so, uh, what's the move? Go on over there. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. I... Quinn's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, how far away is that from me? That is approximately 20 feet from you. Okay, I'm going to walk, uh, closer, um, until I'm, like, not exactly right in front of it but close enough to it um and then i'm going to cast a thunder wave on it okay or on myself should, gonna... should quinn stay away from you he just has to be a uh, 15 feet away okay yeah uh i'm gonna say you give him a quick warning and he backs up and he says yeah he says fuck mr copper i didn't know that you that you did magic that's pretty cool um i'm a bard he says, uh, um, he says, as far as I know, a bard isn't a class in a role-playing game. A bard is a traveling musician. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, you, this, uh, this... You might want to cover your ears as well. <laughs> he absolutely does. This inconspicuous wine barrel needs to make a, a constitution saving throw. Is that right? Yeah, it needs to make a constitution saving throw. Or it will take... Uh, full damage and be pushed away from me. Uh, if it fails, it takes nine damage. 
uh, is a 13 a fail? It is. In an instant, this barrel uh, is hit with a wave of powerful sound as you stroke a power cord on your lyre. The wood... Can I... That's exactly what happens. The barrel reels backwards because it's not a barrel. It's a mimic. It's front circular kind of mode opens up with these gashing teeth and this long purple tongue swinging. It kind of arches painfully, smashes into the wall, taking an additional two points of damage. And um, Also, anything within 15 feet of me that's not strapped down goes flying. There's nothing in here. Okay. D- well, dust bunnies scream in horror as they're... Hoping maybe the... Back. The the barrels would be it. They would they wouldn't have any wine. Um, uh, the the barrels do not move. Okay, good. This thing smashes backwards, lands now on these four weird jagged wooden legs. Its tongue is swinging furiously. I need you to roll initiative. Uh, ten for initiative. The mimic lets out. A disgusting uh, Quinn cracks his knuckles you unsheathe your weapon and you realize it's time to fight is Thorin George as Bradley Copper, and Luke Job as our DM. The story you heard today, as well as 99% of the characters, were created by Wizards of the Coast and can be found in the module, Dragon of Icefire Peak. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music, and you can find his website link in the description of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at ModThePod, join our private Facebook group at The Modular Podcast Fan Club, follow us on Instagram at The Modular Podcast, and subscribe to us on YouTube at The Modular Podcast. Please don't be afraid to share to your friends, family, distant acquaintances, um, and also Chris Evans. I would really love for him to listen to the show. New episodes come out every Tuesday, and until then, thank you for listening to Modular. Uh-huh.